This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. Folks, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. The numbers on this show are doing fantastic. People are listening. They are learning about technocratic transhumanism here. Uh, we're going to stay in this lane folks because we are waking people up i'm getting emails thank you letters everything else it's fantastic so i appreciate all of you listening and sharing this podcast with your friends and family and remember this is about our kids and grandkids Uh, they are the ones that are being brainwashed propagandized right into technocratic transhumanism and if you want them to live any sort of free life any sort of semblance of natural life then we have to wake them up to what is going on and to the evil that surrounds us so folks thank you for sharing this i really appreciate it if you haven't already please hop over to apple podcasts if you can leave us a five-star review and a comment people have been doing that it's really helping obviously i see the numbers so more people are listening to the show so that's great and then for everyone who joined pain.tv slash gold and they got access to the ad-free video version of this podcast the dust and gold standard as well as the ad-free video version of the thomas Payne podcast and access to a community of like-minded folks over there in a facebook like app so you can communicate and share intelligence with each other as we call it the cia the citizens intelligence agency that's what i call it anyway so thank you very much for that folks all right yesterday we uh showed a clip from about 20 years ago of george soros on an interview with steve croft where he talks about how he is pretty much unapologetic and has no remorse Uh, for the time he grew up as a teenager under control of the Nazis and helped the Nazis point out fellow Jews to have their property confiscated to be sent off to concentration camps. And the reason why I brought that in is because we found out during this mini-investigation analysis into Sidney Gottlieb, the CIA MK Ultra Project leader, the butcher, the torturer, that he, in fact, was uh, Jewish. Stephen 
Kinzer, the journalist who wrote the definitive book on Gottlieb and MKUltra, uh, brought that up. And so I thought it would be appropriate for me to show this clip of George Soros, uh, another person who was Jewish but somehow ended up working for the other side and then justifies what he's been doing in modern times, which is manipulating markets and stealing money from people, to be similar to what the Nazis did. And that's just okay because... His theory is that if he isn't doing it, if he didn't help the Nazis, if he wasn't manipulating markets and stealing money, someone else would do it. So it's okay. And so I bring up the point, was uh, this the same mentality that someone like Sidney Gottlieb had? All right. Then we got into Bill Gates. And I wanted to show you his 2010 uh, quote from a TED Talk where he said that if we are... Uh, do a really great job. If we do a really great job with new vaccines, healthcare, and reproductive health services, that is abortion, uh, then they could lower the population by 10 to 15%. And so we broke that down and we analyzed that for you. And I think that was important because in our own lives, we are starting to see more people around us uh, getting sick, uh, dying. And so that clip really is important. And a lot of people forgot about it. So I wanted to analyze it in a different way than i've seen before and then i show you how to break down the lies that the fact checkers the so-called fact checkers tell about that clip and then when you see it it's completely in context and now you're armed with the intelligence you need to be able to explain this to other people then we got into NTT Research and what they're doing in the healthcare sector uh, with these digital twins, the ability to basically create a digital version of you and have that live in the cloud and then be analyzed by your doctor or the hospital you're, you're working with at all times so that they can send robots into your bloodstream to repair you. And I will eventually get more into NTT Research and what they're doing. But I wanted to show you that because someone over at Payne dot tv slash gold sent it to me all right and then we worked our way back in to the podcast featuring journalist stephen kinzer on sydney gottlieb and nk ultra and we are going to finish that up today because there was a lot of stuff going on folks stuff going on coming out of our government coming out of the so-called private sector that ties right into what i believe is the continuation of mk ultra showing that it never actually ended it's alive and well i mean it's in such advanced stages as we see with darpa brain initiative cyborg soldier 2050 etc but i'm going to show you some of the new stuff that i found and then during my research i ran across a um he was a visiting let me just see real quick i i don't want to make him say he was a guest professor faculty of human medicine at the universidad nacional mayor de san marcos peru and his name is david salinas flores and i've run across some of his work over the years and i'm going to bring that into the conversation and i'd like to try to get this gentleman on as a guest if he is around now when i go through his research paper and his analysis you'll see it was uh, translated um, obviously from spanish into english and so some of it's a little hard to 
uh, understand, interpret, but it's it's okay. I'll be able to work through it. But uh, some fascinating research done by David Salinas Flores, and so I would like to get him on as a guest. So we're going to reach out uh, to him. I just put a note there. All right, let's get right in to this um journalist Stephen Kinzer interview on NPR. I'm going to pick it up about 30 seconds before where we ended yesterday. And there's only about um, six, seven minutes left of this interview. But there's some nuggets we're going to pick up here, folks. And so I want to finish this. I think it would be appropriate to finish this because I decided I'm not going to uh, pursue having Stephen Kinzer on the show. I think in many ways he acts as a disinformation agent. He's telling the truth about MKUltra, the CIA, and Gottlieb, but at the same time he attempts to run cover uh, for the government, I believe, and try to make this look like an isolated incident that was just a tiny blemish on the U.S. uh, in their history. And I believe it never ended. It continued. And anyone who's going to be serious about trying to uncover corruption, criminality, um, you know, illegal activity inside of the United States government would have to be willing to use Gottlieb as a starting point and then bring it to fruition, which is to show you what I'm showing you, the Brain Initiative, Cyborg Soldier 2050, how all of this stuff connects together. And Gottlieb was just sort of at the beginning, at least I would say actually in the middle stage of the development of this technocratic transhumanist uh, regime that we are building here in the United States. All right. I have the article up on NPR, CIA's secret quest for mind control, torture, LSD, and a poisoner in chief. So let's pick this up with journalist Stephen Kinzer. You describe him as the poisoner in chief, and that's not just about the LSD experiments. He actually created and found ways to administer poison. Describe that part of his job. As the chief CIA chemist, it was logical that Gottlieb be consulted whenever the CIA needed a poison or a toxin. And this became part of his work uh, during the late 1950s and into 1960. In the mid-50s, the United States set out on a project to kill Prime Minister Zhou Enlai of China while he was visiting Indonesia. Gottlieb actually made a potion that was supposed to be put in a uh, rice bowl that uh, Joe and Lai would eat from. And actually, this poison was only going to work after uh, a day or two. The idea was that Joe would be back in China and the poison wouldn't be able to be traced back to the CIA. And and remember, folks, remember, I brought this up yesterday, so I'm not going to repeat all of it. But as I said, this delayed reaction poisoning uh, is the same thing that Dr. Charles Morgan III talked about at West Point Military Academy in front of the cadets and the faculty, just utilizing a more advanced uh, form of science now, which is the ability to implant a stem cell in you programmed to kill you that they can set off at any time with a sound wave. So what Gottlieb was doing led to many other things. Again, you would have to be willing to discuss where these programs went, what they led to, what they evolved into, if you're going to be serious about calling 
calling out uh, illegal activity, questionable activity, barbaric activity by the state. All right, let's continue. Later on, when the CIA became obsessed at the order of the White House in uh, killing Fidel Castro, it was Sidney Gottlieb who made all the poison pills, the poison potions, even the poison wetsuit that was supposed to be given to Castro. In 1960, President Eisenhower ordered the assassination of yeah, the poisoned wetsuit, right? The poisoned wetsuit that was going to be given to Castro, folks. That's why, uh, I mean, you've heard of the uh, smallpox blankets that we gave to the Native Americans. I, I just don't trust the government. I don't know how you can ever trust the government. I don't know how you can trust them, believe in them, think that they love you when this is the type of stuff that the government actually works on all day. They don't love you, folks. They don't love you at all. I mean, how can you trust uh, your neighbor if your neighbor is some serial killer? He's always plotting to murder and kill everyone. But then you say, well, he comes over the house and he cooks a, a damn good burger on my grill. What a great guy. No, I mean, you can't trust the government, folks. I, I mean, I know none of you do, but we have to figure out how to frame this stuff properly for our friends and family and to wake them up. I mean, it's terrible to have to raise your children and grandchildren to not trust the government that rules the country that they're born into and live in. But if you truly want to protect your children and grandchildren, you have to figure out how you're going to get this stuff across to them, uh, that they just can't trust those in power. All right, let's continue. 60. President Eisenhower ordered the assassination of Patrice Lumumba, the Prime Minister of the Congo. Sidney Gottlieb was given the job of making the poison. Among the very, very bizarre things about Sidney Gottlieb is after leaving the CIA, he pursues a spiritual life. He and his wife go to India. They try to work with the poor. They're working with people who have leprosy. It is so hard to reconcile the different parts of Sidney Gottlieb's personality, an Orthodox Jew who works with Nazi doctors on the CIA drug experiments, you know, somebody who's like ruined lives, who's created poisons and done these like really horrible experiments on people. When he went over there and was playing around in India and working with people le with leprosy, how do you know he was not continuing to run CIA experiments on these unsuspecting folks? These people that had problems that suffer from poverty or whatever else very similar to what we heard doctors peter emmanuel and diane Dulius talking about in the cyborg soldier interview on military.com's left of boom podcast when they said that if you take someone who has lost their sight they are more willing to let you implant hawkeyes in them than someone who has their sight or as we see time and time again people with paralysis people with dementia people with missing limbs are more willing to allow experiments to be conducted on them with a promise of restoring their vision restoring their mind restoring their the use of their limbs because they're already damaged and so how do we know that Sidney Gottlieb wasn't out there just conducting experiments on these people on behalf of the U.S. or on his own? Maybe he was just a sadistic serial killer type. We don't know that. 
So there's not very much to reconcile here. You have the body of his work, what he was doing in his regular life. Like if he was a serial killer chopping people up, but then you say, but it was so strange because he also went outside and fed the squirrels on the weekends. He loved the squirrels. He had a squirrel feeder. So what? He was chopping people up. So who really cares what this guy was doing in his supposed life? Look at uh, George Soros. I mean, he told you who he is. This unapologetic Nazi collaborator who uh, also has some philanthropic organizations, but anyone who's followed politics throughout the years knows that those philanthropic organizations are just covers for other horrible, terrible things that he's doing to manipulate and social engineer society. Ladies and gentlemen, when I get back, we'll finish this up. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks. All right, folks, let's continue with this. I just backed it up about 30 seconds so you can hear Terry Gross, the host of this podcast, talk about how she has a hard time reconciling the life of Sidney Gottfried, a a wonderful gentleman who poisoned and killed people, tortured them, murdered them, and then he went on to help people with leprosy. Nation of Patrice Lumumba, the prime minister of the Congo. Sidney Gottlieb was given the job of making the poison. Among the very, very bizarre things about Sidney Gottlieb is after leaving the CIA, he pursues a spiritual life. He and his wife go to India. They try to work with the poor. They're working with people who have leprosy. It is so hard to reconcile the different parts of Sidney Gottlieb's personality, an Orthodox Jew who works with Nazi doctors on the CIA drug experiments, you know, somebody who's like ruined lives, who's created poisons and done these like really horrible experiments on people, but feels like he himself is a very spiritual person. Oh yeah, I'm sure he was a very spiritual person, yes. A torturer, a murderer, uh, running experiments to break people's minds, bringing in prisoners of war into the torture camps he set up in Europe and East Asia uh, that they called expendable, just people that they could torture. What a compassionate gentleman. Compassionate gentleman. All right, let's continue. This is one of the things that makes the Gottlieb story so fascinating. So Gottlieb really lived a Jekyll and Hyde life. We already talked about the things that he was doing in his day job, but what was he like outside of work? Actually, he was a very gentle, compassionate humanist. He lived in an eco-cabin in the woods with no running water. He grew his own vegetables. He meditated. He studied Buddhism and wrote poetry. He got up before dawn to milk his goats. He ate yogurt at work and preached the benefits of natural living way back in the 1950s. Later on, he built himself one of the first solar homes in Virginia. So he was kind of a proto-hippie. And he traveled between these two worlds 
worlds of uh, spiritual meditation and then torturous experiments. I think it creates a, a much fuller and more perplexing picture of a person who lived such different sides of his life. You wonder, how could he have reconciled this? Maybe he was thinking that he was a, an extreme individualist and he was fighting a global force that wanted to crush all individualism in the world and therefore anything was justified. In the long run, in the cosmic sense, I think you can say that commitment to a cause always gives you the justification for immoral acts. Or maybe the fact that you're a psychopath. Listen, you talk about spirituality and all this stuff. I've showed you uh, videos, interviews with Deepak Chopra, right? Mr. Spirituality. Excuse me, folks. I needed a drink of water. <clears throat> so you take Deepak Chopra, right? And so this guy talks about nothingness, and he's driving people towards this idea of transhumanism, singularity, the merger of man and machine. And so when you look at Gottlieb, who they say lived in this house with no running water, later he built a solar home, he milked his goats, he ate yogurt at work. Um, and so this somehow makes him a good guy. And then he was willing to torture and kill people and run illegal underground experiments, Frankenstein experiments, trying to blast people's mind away and replace it with something else uh, for the government, for the state. And somehow... Kinzer and uh, Terry Gross here are going to let Gottlieb off the hook, let the state off the hook, because he lived in his personal life uh, like a proto-hippie, as Kinzer put it. You know, first off, they don't know what the hell he was doing out in his uh, cabin with no running water. He could have been hacking up bodies out there. Nobody knew this. Nobody knows what this guy really did. Wait until I show you, uh, I have a story I'm saving for you for the appropriate time. Maybe I'll do it for Halloween. Halloween show. Let me write that down. And you're going to see this guy that I've been watching for a couple of years that I think is um, running uh, off the books, black market sort of biohacker torture mk ultra experiments for the government off the books but he lives life right out in the open and so you see what a crazy maniacal guy this this person is at the same time in interviews family and friends will say oh he's a gentle giant he's such a nice guy and so this is what you're picking up here with uh sydney gottlieb now i pulled this up over the break i want to show you something folks here are some other people who um, were known to be quite charming, right? And so I pulled this up, and uh, I will I will uh, explain something else to you momentarily. But let me just read this to you. This is over at Ranker.com. And as we're talking about Sidney Gottlieb, this psychopathic torturer, murderer, and then how he lived this spiritual, philanthropic life outside of his day job at the government, as if when he leaves the CIA during the day, he's not part of the CIA at home. All right, it says right here, serial killers aren't always monstrous, gnarled freaks with bushy mustaches, bulging guts, and pockmarked skin. 
Many infamous murderers and killers have been looked at as handsome, dapper, and even charming, right? So not every serial killer looks like Henry Kissinger or looks like George Soros or looks like klaus schwab right not everyone looks like that some look like justin trudeau all right some look like gavin newsom there are some handsome charming serial killers psychopaths sociopaths and narcissists out there folks they're not all disgusting looking like most of the people that we elect into office here in the united states It goes on to say, it's that charm and beauty that helps them get close to their victims and sometimes helps them blend into their community. You know, like an Elon Musk. All right, folks, it says here, many of the killers on this list took advantage of their natural charm to gain the trust of victims before dispatching them. Others racked up major female followings while in prison, even charming groupies into marrying them despite serving life sentences. You know, so some of these people like Dr. Sidney Gottlieb even got people like Terry Gross and Stephen Kinzer to look at them as some sort of proto-hippie who was living this philanthropic life, while at the same time, they are well aware, as many of the uh, people who fall in love with these serial killers are aware, that Gottlieb was a murderer, a torturer. I would call him a serial killer. Uh, I wonder how many people he killed in his torture experiments. It goes on to say, a few even took advantage of online fandom communities to gain large numbers of preteen girls as fans, even though they killed people. These charming serial killers are among the most violent criminals of recent memory and all fooled many with their charm. Read on to learn more about the attractive criminals, good-natured-seeming murderers, and charming killers who have committed tragic crimes over the years. Let's go through a few of these. And folks, I'm not going to point it out in here, but I am going to do a show on this. I already have it marked down. Coming up, uh, maybe in the next week. Many of these serial killers, folks, are actually connected to LSD uh, experiments run by Dr. Sidney Gottlieb. Oh, yes. Many of these serial killers grew out of the CIA uh, experiments. That's not the point of this. I just want to give you a taste of some of these serial killers. And now you can look at people like Sidney Gottlieb. Look at people uh, like Drs. Peter Emanuel and Diane DeUlius and Dr. Charles Morgan III and Dr. James Giordano that we're working our way to. Look at these people running these transhumanist Frankenstein experiments on people as no different than, let's say, Ted Bundy. Perhaps more than any other serial killer in recent memory. Ted Bundy has a reputation for being charming, handsome, and disarming. His charm and good looks allowed him to get the attention of women on college campuses, and he would often use props as well. Bundy tended to wear his arm in a sling or put a fake cast on his arm or leg. Having attracted the attention of a young woman, he'd ask her to help him carry things to his car or help load or unload 
showed things. Then, with the victim having dropped her card, he'd hit them with a pipe or crowbar and put them in his car. Really nice gentleman, folks. As uh, uh, Stephen Kinzer may say, wow, it was very difficult to reconcile these different parts of Ted Bundy's life. No, it's not. He's a psychopathic serial killer who then pretends to be a nice guy. So you have someone like Sidney Gottlieb, who may act like a proto-hippie living out on his farm with his house with no running water that he paid for with money he got for torturing and killing people all over the world, folks. No different than one of these Nazi scientists. Let's look at this guy, Andrew Cunahan, or Cunanan. Briefly listed on the FBI's 10 most wanted list, Andrew Cunanan had the good looks, charm, and uh, erudite manner to war, uh, worm his way into the lives of wealthy LBGTQ plus celebrities in Los Angeles and Miami. He also chose a different class of victims than the sex workers, children, and drifters murdered, uh, murdered by other serial killers. Among his victims were a real estate developer, an architect, a U.S. Navy officer, and most famously, the world-renowned fashion designer and LBGTQ plus icon Gianni Versace. In 1997, with police closing in on him, uh, Cunanan committed suicide by shooting himself. All right, folks, these are just some of the wonderful serial killers, the people we call serial killers, and uh, Dr. Sidney Gottlieb should be right up here on this list. Apparently, he's charming enough to woo Terry Gross and Stephen Kinzer. To even say that it's difficult to reconcile these different parts of his life. He lived like a proto-hippie. He loved long walks on the beach. And he loved to hike in the mountains. He loved to eat yogurt at work. But then he would go and blast someone's mind away and murder them in a secret torture chamber somewhere in East Asia. Yeah. What a great gentleman. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. I'll be right back right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 